This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Well, this is the Collector Car Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Ron Barnaba. Ron, did I pronounce that correctly? You did. You did. Awesome. Most people murder it. Most oh. people murder it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for joining our little podcast today. Great. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Well, now I discovered you. I know you're big in the Porsche world, but I discovered you as I was working my day job I'm the, up in the Chicago area and stumbled across your awesome location there. If you would, kind of go over what you do and uh, kind of the stuff you have going on there. Well, here in the business, uh, the, the current business, we do a little bit of everything. I, you know, I've been with Porsche. June will be uh, 50 years I've been with Porsche. So it's wow. been a long, great, blessed career for sure. And uh, done it all. And currently now what we do is we do uh, a lot of restoration work on a lot of the air-cooled cars. Currently in the shop right now, we've got a beautiful little 67 912 that we're just finishing up. Seventy, couple of 74s, a 77 uh, actually, three seventy fours, a seventy seven, uh, slant nose turbo, um, another seventy eight and eleven SC. So there's uh, there's a bunch of stuff in here that we're finishing working up. Hope to hopefully we we'll get them done by the spring. Probably not, but we'll do our best. <laughs> you know, we do everything from routine service, just you know, little quick oil changes on you know Macans and Panameras and Cayennes, and do full blown restorations ground up right down to the tubs and bring them back all the way through. So we uh, we do a little bit of everything. We're kind of unique in the fact that we do sales and, and service like this. So not too many guys can do what we do, and I'm lucky enough that I have all the experience with the air-cooled cars. I know this is a loaded question, but you've been with Porsche for 50 years. Could you just give me a little bit insight on your career with them? I um, always was into cars as a little kid. Um, I actually, you know, I mean, the story goes, I don't remember it, but when I used to go to my, my uncle's house, he used to have these little model cars down there and I used to, that were unassembled. They were actually plastic little model, model cars. And I'd go down there at three or four years old and I start putting these things together. And, um, you know, the story goes that, you know, it was remarkable. Everybody was astonished that I could do this at that age. Always loved cars as a kid. And, um, just it progressed from there being, uh, a 16-year-old male back in the day in the 60s, you know, I was into drag racing and whatnot like that. So I had a pretty cool little drag race car I used to do drag racing with it over at uh, National Speedway, somewhere which is Long Island, because I grew up in New Rochelle, New York. Yeah. And um, a girlfriend of mine, his father, had a 356 Cabriolet, and he always used to talk me and say, oh, you know, your car may go fast in a straight line, but my car got around the corner and stopped better. So one day I actually got to drive it with her in the seat. Now, what model was this? What year? 356. It was probably a 64, maybe a 64 or 63. Wow, okay. Cap, so one of the later ones. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we went off the ride, and I really, you know, loved the car. And, you know, I was working at a gas station part-time after school. And, and every once in a while, Porsche would come in, you know, because back in those days, you kind of did a little bit of everything. And, and uh, you know, I always wanted to work on them. So that's kind of how I started. And then. Went to college, which didn't work out for me really well because I like cars <laughs> and girls too much, and and cars first, girls second. And uh, anyway, so I got a job at a. I was dating a girl that was working at uh, a Porsche dealership in Greenwich, Connecticut, and uh, the rest is history. Wow! So okay. they gave me a shot, and and um, I worked hard, 
and really worked hard to really learn everything I could. And I got, I had some excellent mentors and helped me along. And here I am. Yeah. Now you did a little stay down in my hometown of Jacksonville, right? Yeah, I was actually the um, I was actually the vice president and general manager of that dealership, which is one of the most famous Porsche racing dealerships still today. And I was fortunate enough to work down there for many, many years, and uh, it was uh, a lot of fun. We did a lot of racing back then with Hurley Haywood, very famous race driver. I'm sure you've heard it. Yep. So uh, that was all a really cool part of the career. And then um, Bob Snodgrass, who actually owned it with Dan Davis, uh, was getting a little ill, and uh, I got a call from Ed Napleton up here in Chicago, and he made me a partner of the Porsche dealership up here, and it was kind of an offer I couldn't refuse. So we moved up to uh, Chicago, and here we are, still here. Okay, yeah. Now, one of my previous guests, Ray Schaefer, he was down there at some point. Did you guys cross paths? Yeah, well, I hired Ray. Well, hey, there you go. <laughs> I hired Ray in, in uh, 2000. Uh, he was uh, working at a Chevy store, if I remember right, up in um, Carolinas. And uh, so he came to work. I actually interviewed him at Daytona. Oh, that's awesome. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, so Ray and I go way back. Yeah, so for our listeners, you can listen to Ray's Collector Car Podcast interview from a few weeks ago, and he's on my Career Journeys podcast for students called Learn From Others. He was actually number episode number 100. Oh, wow. Very cool. Yeah, small world here. Well, that's really cool. Now, do you have any cool Porsches in your personal collection? Well, I've managed to keep two. Um, One is, uh, they're both race cars, both cars that I had raced extensively, and and I just can't part with them. One is a 96, 1996 993 factory original RSR. Uh, they've only built about 16 of them, and this is one of the survivors, so that's not going to go anywhere. And then I also have a 2002 GT3 RSR uh, that was also extensively raced. They're both yellow. Yellow is one of my favorite colors. Almost all my race cars were yellow, and these were factory original yellow cars, and they still are. And um, both very, very original and quite collectible now, so I don't race them anymore. They're just, they've gotten to be pretty expensive pieces of iron. Does. But uh, one of these days, I hope to at least take them to Rensport. They've both been to Rensport a couple of times, and I just haven't done the last two Rensports. So maybe the next one will maybe dust the dust off of them and go. Yeah, that's funny because before I knew those were in your personal collections, and the day I was in your, your uh, shop there, uh, the day I could not meet you because you were not there, I posted mm-hmm. some pictures of those two yellow cars on my Instagram feed. So yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I fell in love with them. There. I thought that is something special back there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're pretty special. You know, they're un- they weren't all molested and chopped up and crashed. Uh, they're original numbers matching cars, so they're they're quite valuable. Well, now what trends are you seeing in the Porsche marketplace? Because you mentioned the 912. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but 20 years ago, folks probably wouldn't have spent a ton of money restoring a 912, but today they will. Correct? Today they do. Um, you know they've they've uh, really come up in value. This one uh, this one is just exceptional and goes quite a bit of money. And and you know it it gets down to the point where it's hard to find a really good 911. And even though it costs the same amount of money to do them right, people will do the 912s because there weren't when you really think about it, there weren't that many of them built. There were way more 911s built. So it's still got a very you know, collectible sense to it and, you know, makes it really special because it's such low production numbers. So, right, uh, right. you know, we, we, you know, we see them all. I mean, uh, long hoods, and, you know, the long hoods, the G body cars with, you know, the from 74 up 993s are still in unbelievably hot. And what we're seeing now, we've been, the, last, the last year is uh, the, the 
really big insurgence of new people coming into the Porsche world and just kind of putting their toe in the water. And we're seeing a very increased number of 997 uh, sales. So that would be from 2005 up through 2012. And they fall in a really great price point. Generally, they're very low in maintenance, and, and most people took pretty good care of them. And they're, they're great cars for, you know, the, the price point that you can buy them at. So we see a lot of that going on right now. Yeah, and I dig into the numbers a lot uh, on this podcast, and I did a, a big review of all the air-cooled Porsches the other day. And I wanted to see about the 996s because my first Porsche that's in my garage right now is a 996. I didn't grow up with Porsches, uh-huh. so I did I did the entry level. I wanted a... I wanted a 1998, but I couldn't afford it, so I bought a 1999 because I could afford it. Right. And uh, those have actually increased almost 6% in they the last sure three have. years. They, yeah, yeah they, they really have um, because, again, that's even another great uh, entry point for someone getting into the Porsche world. I mean, they're, they're great cars, again, low maintenance, um, and uh, it's still a Porsche, and, and they're great. They're awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic to drive. Yeah, and I, I've got yeah. a new IMS bearing. i got a new clutch, so I'm good to go for a while. <laughs> yeah, and that's, and that's, you know, we do a lot of I can't tell you how many IMS bearings we've, we've done. And, and out of all we've done here in the shop, we maybe found a couple that might have been questionable. It's such an overblown, you know, it's such an overblown point that people make on the Internet. But uh, we, we do a lot of them, and it's not a big job to do. And, once you do it, you're kind of good to go. Yeah, yeah. Now, will we ever find a day that 924s are being restored? Uh, well, you know, I've seen some go through the auction at some incredible numbers. You know, it was, uh, you, you know, I don't think there's a non-collectible Porsche out there, some more than others. But, you know, if it's a nice car, it's been well-kept, and it's really original, it's collectible to somebody. Yeah. You know, somebody's sure. going to want it to fill a void in a, in a collection. Somebody just likes the way they look. Somebody likes the way they drive. Um, you just never know. To that point, the first car I ever drove was a 93 Isuzu iMark diesel that I would love to have back, but they're right, not there because right. they're, they're total hunks of junk. They didn't survive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you yeah. never know. You know, some, you know, who knows? Maybe somebody learned to drive one. Maybe somebody's dad had one or mother had one. And, yeah. You know, got to have it. Find me a nice one. I get calls all the time for guys trying to find their childhood, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, what Porsche or car got away from you? Boy, again, it would probably have to be, you know, one of the race cars. Yeah. And um, uh, there was a, a 904 that I had an opportunity to buy for oh, wow. a really reasonable price back in the day, back in the 80s. And I could have bought it for, you know, an ungodly low number. And uh, I didn't buy it. Wow. Um, you know, it was just, a, you know, I said, ah, what am I going to do with that thing? You know, I, we were, we, at the time I was racing current model cars. And I said, what do I need that clapped out piece of junk for? I just, right. and I never bought it. I never bought it. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, but then there's been barn finds, you know, we, I mean, I found several years ago uh, um, a 73 uh, 911S that had been neglected and uh, hadn't run in probably 10 or 15 years and basically got it and cleaned it up and it hadn't run, changed all the gas and cleaned fuel tank and cleaned the injectors, put fresh oil in it, adjust the valves, new spark plugs and started right up like nothing. So you find those too, you know? Now what's your driver's car? Like what do you drive every day? You know, I drive, I tend to drive whatever we've Get, just gotten in recently because I like to check them out. So I'll put a couple yeah. hundred miles on just about anything, get in that maybe I feel I want to, 
make sure it's really right and see what we need to do to them. So I don't have one particular car. Maybe like right now I'm, you know, driving a couple year old Cayenne, you know, because it's winter mm. and that's kind of what I do. And my wife's driving a Macan. In the summer I'll take something cool and drive that around for a couple of weeks. And then, you know, I've always got cars to drive. Kind of like when I was always at the dealership, I never had any one particular car right. that I would stay in. Some I like better than others. I mean, you know, we just got in a, uh, just yesterday, we just got in a 2019 Carrera T. And hmm. nobody knows what those cars really are. Porsche did a, a terrible job marketing the car. But if you were to Google, you know, Carrera T and look what everybody talks about, those cars, yeah. they only built like 600 of them. Okay. And they're, they're a lower production car than a GT3 or a GT3 RS. The only other car that Porsche made in a 991 series that is less production is a Turbo S exclusive. Okay. So it's a really rare car. And they are cool. You know, they've got little lighter glass. Porsche wanted to name them. This is a little known fact. Porsche wanted to name them Club Sport. But for some reason or another, um, BMW's got the trademark on Club Sport. So they ended up with T for touring. And in my opinion, I think that car will be, you know, 10, 15 years from now. That's going to be the RS. You know, the the RS America. America. Yeah. That's going to be the RS America. You know, normally aspirated engine. Not an ass engine, but you get one with manual transmission, the cool bucket seats, you know, the carbon seats, and rear steer, you've got yourself a little GT3 for right. you know, half the price. And it is it is just, I love it. I mean, if I had to, this one we just got in, if I had to build one, it's built exactly the way I want it. Well, that kind of leads me down to my next question. If I gave you $100,000, what would you buy with it? Could be new or old, or could be multiple of cars, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, I would probably do multiple. I'd try and get something like in a 993, you know, a little Carrera, and then maybe something, uh, you know, something cooler. Like maybe you could find a, a higher mileage. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a high mileage GT3, you know, an 04 or an 05, right. um, 996. And, um, you know, hundred grand, you could probably, you could probably pull something like that off. Have some right. really cool cars. I mean, oh, I don't think awesome. any one yeah. car, I mean, any one car for a hundred, I'd be hard pressed not to take, you know, something new. I would hard press not to take this car T. I'm telling you, they're, those are just awesome cars. Yeah. Tell us about the one in your shop right now. What color is it? What year is it? Uh, GT silver, GT silver. With, oh, nice. Um, okay. The, yeah. With the, you know, cause it, and then it's got the, uh, contrasting darker mirrors and matches the stripe in the wheel. So cool cars, really cool. Oh, that's awesome. I, I just thought that when they first came out, I said, this is, this is a sleeper, this thing. But right. anyway, there's a lot of sleepers, you know, there's a lot of sleepers out there. You know, I mean, the stuff that comes out right now, all of it's so, so good. You know, you can't buy a bad one, in my opinion. Right. You really can't. Right. Now, do you feel like the newest one is a little too big or are you okay with it? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. I think they're a little numb, in my opinion. I think they're a little big. Uh, I think, you know, any of the Caymans are really the cool deal. Yeah, I mean, those are the true driver's Porsches, in my opinion, right now. Any of the Caymans. Of course, I'm pretty partial to Caymans since we built 75 of the inner series cars. And, uh, you know, we won Daytona with a Cayman, so uh, the 24-hour. So it's they're pretty near and dear to my heart. Right, right, yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. Well, now we're going to play a little game. I did not give you a heads up on this, so hopefully you're okay with it. But we're playing uh-huh. a little game called Keep, Cash, or Crush. So I give you three cars, <laughs> and you yeah. have to pick one to keep, you have to pick one to cash in, and you have to pick one to crush. 
right. And if you if you have a hard time doing this, I like to say, well, I'll just put them one, two, and three. <laughs> so right. he, here are your three cars. Okay. Uh, 1978 Turbo with low miles. You can pick the color. Okay. Uh, 2002 GT2 with 40,000 miles. Huh. A little higher miles. Or a 2005 Carrera GT with a salvage title and a broken engine. Ooh. So a 78 Turbo, low miles, uh, 996 GT2 with 40,000 miles, or a salvage title Carrera GT. Oh, man. You know, that's a tough one. Wow. Good. It's supposed to be tough. That, that, that's <laughs> sneaky. You know, um, I think I'd have to go. I, I, I would, you know, just me, if it were my shop here and I had the salvage title Carrera GT, I would probably go with that because I know if we put it together, it's going to be done right. And, yeah, it's got a story to tell, but, you know, if I've got the documentation to back it up, uh, I'd, I'd go with the Carrera GT. That's your keep? Yep. All right. Now, which one's the cash? Which one are you going to sell? Um, 78, 78 turbo low miles or the 996 GT2 with high miles? Well, um, you know, I know what the next question is going to be, which one would I crush? I mean, I, I would, <laughs> there's no such thing as crushing a Porsche. But I would, I would, I would, sell, I would sell the, uh, the turbo with low mileage, and if I had to crush one, I would crush the GT3, uh, the GT2. Okay, I love that answer. All right, not yep. not not because of what you picked, just because you <laughs> you did pick. So I love that yep, answer. Okay, cool. Yeah, interesting because I would not have gone with the Carrera GT as the salvage or with it the salvage tiles. It, it wouldn't bother me. There's a lot of people that wouldn't bother. I mean, that's if it's awesome. Done right, and you've got the documentation to back it up. You know that the work was done properly, and you've got everything there to document it and verify that it's done properly, and have anyone check it out. Why not? Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, talking cars with me today. My pleasure. Yeah. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about your business? Well, you know, we've got a little fun website, www.barnabaautosport.com, and check it out. Or just Google my name, and you'll see all the stuff that we've done and all the racing I've done and all the cars that we built. That's kind of fun stuff. That's awesome. Well, thanks again for your time. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.